The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Workers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Monday, May 2nd, 2022. Coming up this hour. U.S. stocks begin the new trading month coming off the worst April in more than 50 years. Investors brace for this week's Fed decision. Warren Buffett goes on a buying spree in the first quarter. And Nancy Pelosi makes a surprise visit to Ukraine. A new crime-fighting strategy begins today in New York City. Plus, senators are calling on President Biden to fight disruptions in the solar industry. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stanshower in sports. Ninth straight win for the Yankees. The Mets won another series. NBA playoff road wins for Milwaukee and Golden State. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Sirius XM 119, and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business App. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures are on the rise this morning. We're coming up to 6.01 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up 17 points. Dow futures up 151, and NASDAQ futures up 60. Ten-year Treasury up 3.30 seconds. The yield 2.92%. Yield on the two-year 2.7%. And NYMEX crude oil is down 3% at $101.50 a barrel. Nathan. Karen, investors begin the month of May after a historically bad April. The S&P 500 fell 8.8% for the worst April performance since 1970. And tech investors haven't taken a beating like this in nearly 14 years. The Nasdaq 100 plunged more than 13% in April, its worst performance since October of 2008. Katie Nixon is Chief Investment Officer at Northern Trust. I mean, I think valuation is very fragile in this rising rate environment here. And then at the same time, um, you've got some fundamentals that, you know, in, at best are sort of flattening out and at worst are showing some declining trends. I mean, Netflix is sort of the, the poster child joined now by Amazon. That's really showing a weakening of demand. Northern Trust Chief Investment Officer Katie Nixon notes the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ 100 have each fallen for four consecutive weeks. Well, Nathan Bonds have also been taking a pounding this year, and one of the biggest investors outside America thinks there may be more pain ahead. We get the latest live with Bloomberg's John Tucker. John, good morning. Karen, typically investors can take refuge in bonds, especially U.S. Treasuries. And for years, they've been supported by Japanese buyers. But that's no longer the case. Japanese institutional managers are now fueling a great bond sell-off. The largest overseas holder of treasuries has offloaded almost $60 billion over the past three months. That's according to data from BMO Capital Markets. There are several reasons. Market volatility, divergent monetary policy, and a weaker yen. And Japanese investors may wait for higher and higher rates before ever jumping back in. Live in New York, I'm John Tucker, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, John, thank you. Of course, both bond and equity investors will be paying close attention to this week's policy decision from the Fed. It is one of the most anticipated in years, and we get a preview from Bloomberg's Michael McKee. 
The government reported Friday that employment costs rose the most since 1997 in the first quarter, while the Fed's favorite inflation gauge rose to the highest since 1982. Analysts say that more than seals a 50 basis point rate increase from the Fed on Wednesday. It raises the question of whether the Fed needs to keep raising by 50 or even 75 going forward. They won't say, but Chairman Jay Powell will be asked about it at his news conference. The Fed will also be detailing how and when it will start reducing the balance sheet and trying to reassure Americans inflation is their top priority. Michael McKee, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Mike, thank you. Of course, we'll have full coverage and analysis of Wednesday's Fed decision beginning at 1 p.m. Wall Street time that day on both Bloomberg Radio and Television. Well, Nathan, it's also another busy week for earnings with more than 160 companies in the S&P 500 reporting. We get a preview from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. Big technology firms and banks are behind us, but we'll be hearing from a broad swath of companies as investors assess the ongoing themes of inflation, consumer demand, and geopolitics. Sarah Malik is Chief Investment Officer at Nuveen. Earnings look strong. Three quarters of companies are beating earnings, double-digit revenue growth overall, and about 5 to 6% earnings growth. Among some of the names reporting this week, Airbnb, AIG, AMD, ConocoPhillips, Uber, Lyft, Starbucks, Yum! Brands, and travel names Expedia, Hilton, and Marriott. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Charlie, thanks. Now, one company that already reported over the weekend was Berkshire Hathaway. The Warren Buffett conglomerate squeaked out a profit gain, but perhaps more importantly, the billionaire went on a buying spree in the first quarter. Let's get the latest on that live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Nathan. Warren Buffett made $41 billion in net stock purchases during the first quarter. It was his biggest buying spree in at least a decade. And a war and soaring U.S. inflation did not deter him from doubling down on a tried and trusted strategy to navigate the fallout. Among the purchases, Berkshire raises its Chevron holdings. Buffett discloses that the company now owns an expanded 9.5% stake in Activision Blizzard. And at the annual shareholders meeting, the 91-year-old Buffett and his business partner, 98-year-old Charlie Munger, gave no indication that they plan to step back from their roles anytime soon. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Renita, thank you. Now let's get to the latest on the war in Ukraine. After weeks of Russian bombardment, civilians are starting to leave a besieged steel plant in Mariupol. President Zelensky says about 100 men, women, and children will arrive in Ukrainian-controlled territory this morning. And House Speaker Nancy Pelosi met with Poland's president today after a surprise visit to Kiev. We get that story from Bloomberg's Ed Baxter. This was a well-kept secret. Pelosi leading a congressional delegation pledging continued support. We are visiting you uh, to say thank you uh, for your fight for freedom. And says continued U.S. aid. Our commitment is to be there for you until the fight is done. Pelosi then traveled back to Poland. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ed, thank you. Let's turn to the pandemic now where our focus remains in China. Coronavirus lockdowns in the country are taking a significant toll on the economy. Over the weekend, data showed both manufacturing and services activity plunged in April to their worst levels in more than two years. And in Australia, Nathan, Qantas has revived a plan for the world's longest nonstop flights. They would connect Australia's east coast with New York and London. The airline says it's buying 12 Airbus jets that can make the 20-hour journeys. Qantas will begin the service from Sydney in 2025. And again, futures on the rise this morning. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. 
right, Karen. Thanks. 607 on Wall Street, 53 degrees in Central Park. Both hands on the wheel this morning. We've got some nasty thunderstorms rolling through. Traffic coming up. First, Michael Barr with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. A new crime-fighting initiative begins today in New York City. Mayor Eric Adams says in the 40 most violent precincts, authorities will move neighborhood coordinating officers into evening patrols. Other plans include sending field intelligence officers to the street. Overall, crime is up 30% last month compared to April of last year. Gun violence is also on the rise. Mayor Adams also says they will fight people who cheat on paying subway fares in the city. Broadway theaters are ending the policy of requiring customers to show proof of vaccination. The Broadway League says in a statement that the owners and operators of all 41 Broadway theaters are extending the mask requirement at least through the end of May, but many will no longer check for vaccination status. President Biden spoke in Minneapolis at a memorial service for former President Walter, Vice President Walter Mondale. Mondale died in April of last year at age 93. President Biden said he and Mondale, who was known as Fritz, were close friends. I'm uh, I moved to be with you here today as an honor, one of the great giants in American history, and that's not hyperbole. Fritz was a giant in American political history. President Biden described Mondale as a dedicated patriot and public servant. The judge joined the Country Music Hall of Fame last night, just a day after Naomi Judd died unexpectedly. Naomi's daughters, Winona and Ashley Judd, accepted the honor. Winona Judd. This is the first time I've talked since saying goodbye to her. At 2.20, I kissed her on the forehead, and I walked away. And this is the first place I've been. Winona and Ashley Judd said their mother died at the age of 76 due to the disease of mental illness. Nearly two dozen senators today called on President Joe Biden to swiftly advance a trade probe that they said was already causing massive disruption in the U.S. solar industry. According to the letter from 22 senators, the investigation into whether Chinese companies are circumventing decades-old tariffs by assembling solar cells modules in Southeast Asia will severely harm American businesses and workers. Global News 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. Michael, thanks. Coming up to 610 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Here's John Stashauer. All right, Nathan. The Mets weekend, of course, began with the no-hitter. It ended last night with Max Scherzer giving up three home runs, but the Mets' bats produced 15 hits and a 10-6 win over the Phillies at City Field. Jeff McNeil had four of those hits, raising his average to 361. Dom Smith had four hits. He drove in three runs. So did Sterling Marte. The Mets have now played seven series. They've not had a sweep, but they've won all seven. The Yankees have had three straight series sweeps, nine wins in a row. In Kansas City, they trailed four to one, took the lead in the seventh inning, scoring two runs without a hit, and they won six to four. Aaron Judge homered with one out in the first inning. He hit another with two outs in the ninth. Judge had no homers in his first 13 games. He's hit seven in his last eight games, and the Yanks take this nine-game win streak into tonight's game in Toronto. NBA playoffs start of round two. Milwaukee won in Boston, 101-89. to Giannis Antetokounmpo had a triple-double. Golden State in Memphis lost Draymond Green in the second quarter. He was ejected for a flagrant foul. They held a one-point lead at the end. They will throw it in. 
Finding Clark. Clark bounce pass over to Moran. He'll drive in. Scoop is up. No good. Rebound. Wiggins. The Warriors win. The Warriors win. Memphis got the look they wanted. And Moran couldn't finish it. And Golden State captures game one with Draymond Green in the locker room. 7-5 the game. Had the call. Two more series openers tonight. It's also opening night of the Stanley Cup playoffs with a quartet of games, including the Bruins at Carolina. The Hurricanes won the three regular season meetings by a combined score of 16-1. to Rangers and the Penguins, game one at the Garden tomorrow. John Stashower, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Thank you, John. S&P futures now up 18 points. Dow futures up 155. NASDAQ futures up 67 points after the kind of April we haven't seen for stocks in half a century. We'll look at these markets next with Bloomberg's Danny Berger. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg Daybreak brought to you by the Jewish Communal Fund. JCF's donor-advised fund is the smart choice to manage your philanthropy, especially in times of crisis. Make your giving impactful. Visit jcfny.org. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow, and U.S. stock index futures are rebounding from Friday's bruising sell-off, which was Wall Street's worst day in almost two years. Outside of the U.S., stocks are declining as disappointing economic data from China and the prospect of sanctions on Russian oil weigh heavily on risk appetite. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up 20 points, Dow futures up 171, and NASDAQ futures up 72. The DAX in Germany is down six-tenths of a percent. Ten-year Treasury up 336. Seconds yield 2.92 percent. They yield on the two-year 2.7 percent. Nymex crude oil is down 3.1 percent on $3.27 at $101.42 a barrel. Comex gold down 1.7 percent on $33 at $18.78.50 an ounce. The euro 1.0524 against the dollar. British pound 1.2577. The yen at 129.94. And Bitcoin higher up more than 1 percent at $38,760. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Thank you very much, Karen. The evacuation has begun for civilians hold up at a steel plant in the Ukrainian city of Mariupol after nearly two months under siege by Russian forces. Local officials said people sheltering elsewhere in the city would also be allowed out today. In a surprise visit to Ukraine, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi promised continuing support. Today, Pelosi met with Poland's president. In the NBA playoffs, the Celtics lost to the Bucks 101-89 in the opening game of their series. The Warriors beat the Grizzlies 117-116 in their game one. In baseball, the Yankees and Mets won. The Orioles beat the Red Sox 9-5. The Nationals beat the Giants 11-5. The A's lost. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. All right, Michael. Thanks. It's 619 on Wall Street. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is... Bloomberg Daybreak as we get ready to kick off the trading month of May. We are joined now by Bloomberg TV anchor and markets correspondent Danny Berger. Danny, good to have you with us this morning, and I'm sure a lot of investors are are feeling at least a little bit good. They can finally Mm. close the books on one of the cruelest Aprils the market's seen in its history, really. 
Yeah, I mean, close the books on it, but I guess the big question is, is there more to come? I mean, yeah. it was a really painful month. Some of the stats, their worst month for the NASDAQ since 2008. Even even just Friday added insult to injury. It was the worst single-day drop for the S&P since 2020. So, yes, there has been a lot of pain in this market, but the forces that caused it, be it the Fed, war in Ukraine, issues with China's economy, those are going away. Right. And we're still seeing a VIX that's above 30, right at 33 right now, pointing to potentially more volatility and more selling going on still in the European market. Exactly. Yeah, Europe looking pretty ugly today as well. I think the volatility story is an interesting one because it's not just bond market volatility anymore. There was a long period of time this year where we said, okay, the Fed is getting aggressive. They're going to raise interest rates. And it was really concentrated in bond equities, FX. Yes, they were having spasms, but compared to the bond market, they were pretty immune. Now you look at what's happened in April, stocks have started to act up, and crucially, the FX complex has started to act up. The dollar strengthening dramatically, its best month in 10 years, with the yen and the euro getting pummeled as well. When you look at these big cross-asset moves, that's when you start to ask, is this the kind of thing that breaks something? Does it lead, uh, again, this question to more turmoil? Right. And when we think about the Fed beginning its decision-making process on Wednesday with that first decision where they're all but uh, spelling out that there's going to be a 50 basis point move, I guess the question for investors is, is there further to fall Mm -hmm. as the punch bowl gets removed even more? I mean, investors at the moment are, are pricing about uh, a 2.5% on Fed rates by the end of the year. So that does imply that things are just going to continue to be aggressive from here. It is interesting, though, because of the stock market sell-off we've seen, because of the dollar strength, financial conditions are very tight at the moment, um, save for the pandemic. They are the tightest since 2018 when the Fed before had to pause its tightening path because of what happened to markets, because of that Fed put. So the markets have have already done some of the work from the Fed. I will be interested to see if that continues, if the Fed doesn't have to hike as much as being implied right now, um, or, you know, perhaps they'll ignore it and just say, hey, we got to tame inflation. It's enemy number one. The put does not exist. If we do see a more aggressive Fed or even before those moves begin to take place, at least in the short term, does the focus turn more to fundamentals, the earnings picture mm. for these companies? Well, look, it's often said it's it's a stock picker's market, and it's usually not true. You usually can't just buy the index and be okay. Um, but in this type of environment, we have seen a lot of hedge funds able to outperform, a lot of stock pickers outperform. That doesn't mean it's easy, but it does mean that when there is this intense selling, often the baby gets thrown out with the bathwater, and opportunities do emerge. Opportunity to do that really fundamental analysis work becomes important. Of course, it doesn't always pay off. You see companies that report pretty solid earnings and still get beat up. Investors are, are are putting a lot of scrutiny on this earnings season, but it is a moment where there are divergences between stocks and opportunities. In our last uh, 30 seconds or so here, Danny, from the market participants that you're speaking to, where is their sentiment lying in terms of uh, sector moves? Is there still some hope for tech or are we moving into more defensives? Oh, I might have bad news for you there. I've heard a lot of bearishness about tech, and you can just look at what's happened to Amazon getting absolutely whacked last week. One sector really popular, it seems right now, is commodities. Go for it for your inflationary hedge, that if all else is 
failing. Uh, you know, at least some of these supply chain issues, some of the, you know, unfortunate geopolitical events do lead to a higher commodities complex. All right. Great to have you on with us, Danny. Thanks for this. Danny Berger, Bloomberg Television anchor, markets correspondent for Bloomberg News with us this morning as we get set for May, the trading month after a very tough April for stocks. Looking ahead to this morning's market open, maybe some evidence of dip buying with S&P futures up 19 points, Dow futures up 163, NASDAQ futures higher by 70 points. Sell-off continues in Europe with the DAX down six-tenths percent, the CAC in Paris lower by 1.3 percent. The FTSE in London has a bank holiday off. Ten-year treasuries up 3.30 seconds, the yield 2.92%. Just ahead, Warren Buffett's buying spree and Nancy Pelosi goes to Kiev. Five things you need to know to start your day coming up on Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather. The rain's going to end early. It'll turn cloudy today with a high near 60. Clouds mid-60s tomorrow. Showers return Wednesday with a high near 60. Right now, 53 degrees in Central Park. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991. To Boston. Bloomberg 1061. To San Francisco. Bloomberg 960. To the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. We're just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers Simple IBKR Global Trader App. Deposit in your local currency and trade stocks in the U.S., Europe, and Asia. Start your free trial at IBKR.com slash Global Trader. Up first, traders enter May after a historically poor April. The NASDAQ had its worst month since October 2008, and the S&P had its worst April since 1970. Karen, as the Fed is expected to raise interest rates at this week's FOMC meetings. Miller Tabak, chief market strategist Matt Maley, says if inflation persists, the Fed's path forward becomes murkier. That's the fear that the Fed is going to have no choice but to tighten further and, and, and you know, because of the fear of stagflation. Uh, and that's going to cause the market to fall further than it has. Matt Maley, chief market strategist at Miller Tabak, says traders should take advantage of the recent sell-off. Well, the bond market is also facing a route, Nathan, and Bloomberg's John Tucker tells us that's being fueled by Japanese investors. John, good morning. Good morning, Karen. Japanese institutional managers known for their legendary U.S. debt buying sprees in recent decades are now fueling the great bond sell-off. The largest overseas holder of U.S. treasuries has offloaded almost $60 billion over the past three months. Currency hedging costs have offset the appeal of higher U.S. yields, Japanese investors may not return it to the benchmark 10-year yield trades firmly above 3%. Live in New York, I'm John Tucker, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, John, thanks. And over the weekend, Warren Buffett conglomerate Berkshire Hathaway reported earnings. It revealed the billionaire was active in Q1, 
Bloomberg's Renita Young joins us live with more. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Nathan. Warren Buffett made $41 billion in net stock purchases during the first quarter, his biggest buying spree in at least a decade. And a war and soaring U.S. inflation did not deter him from doubling down on a tried and trusted strategy to navigate the fallout. Among the purchases, Berkshire raises its Chevron holdings, and the company now owns an expanded 9.5% stake in Activision Blizzard. And at the annual shareholders meeting, the the 91-year-old Buffett gave no indications he plans to step back from his role. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Renita, thank you. Overseas in Ukraine, about 100 civilians were evacuated from the besieged steel plant in the port city of Mariupol. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky met with U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi during a surprise visit this weekend in Kiev. The House Speaker met with Poland's president today. And that's the five things you need to know to start your day, brought to you by Interactive Brokers. This is Bloomberg. Thanks, Karen. 633 on Wall Street. Storms moving through 53 degrees in Central Park and some improvement on the New Jersey Transit Northeast Quarter. Details coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Nathan. New anti-crime efforts begin today in New York City. Mayor Eric Adams says in the most 40 violent precincts, authorities will move neighborhood coordinating officers into evening patrols. Other plans include sending field intelligence officers to the street. Overall, crime is up 30 percent last month compared to April of last year. Mayor Adams also says they will crack down on fair cheaters in the subways. A hearing is set for today to determine if the remaining three survivors of the Tulsa race massacre will be able to take their case to trial. All three remaining survivors are over 100 years old, and their lawyers will argue that the city should be held accountable for the public nuisance created by the 1921 massacre. However, City Council Member Vanessa Hall Harper says the city of Tulsa's lawyers are using the courts to get around a community-led plan to compensate them. To use beyond apology to discredit this case is nothing but one of the tricks played by white supremacy, and I'm not falling for it. The so-called Beyond Apology Project was passed to examine how to repair damage caused by the massacre. The Judds were inducted in the Country Music Hall of Fame last night, just a day after singer Naomi Judd died. Her daughter, Winona, who was the other half of the singing duo, spoke in accepting the award alongside her sister, Ashley. I'm going to make this fast because my heart's broken. And I feel so blessed. And it's a very strange dynamic to be this broken and this blessed. Winona and Naomi Judd were among the most popular duos of the 1980s. The family said Naomi Judd died at the age of 76 due to the disease of mental illness. A Shanghai nursing home resident was mistakenly taken to the morgue while still alive. It comes as the city's COVID-19 outbreak and prolonged lockdown have stretched medical facilities to the breaking point. The municipal government says it is investigating. Warmer temperatures may lift your spirits, but it could be a challenging time for anyone with allergies. Experts say masks can offer protection from common allergens more problematic during the spring. Dr. Darian Sutton says it's important to change your mask regularly. If it's a cloth mask, uh, wash it regularly because those allergens can get trapped on the outside that can constantly expose you and get you symptomatic. Dr. Sutton also told ABC wear a well-fitted, high-quality mask. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Nathan. Thanks, Michael. 
Just about 6.36 on Wall Street. John Stanshower has the Bloomberg Sports Update. Thanks, Nathan. Yankees and Mets, two best records in baseball. Mets and Phillies last night at City Field. Max Scherzer did not have his best stuff. He gave up three home runs, one to his former teammate Bryce Harper, two more to the Met killer from last year, Kyle Schwarber. And the Phillies hit four home runs in all. The Mets did not hit any, and yet... Mets won 10-6, a 15-hit attack, and Scherzer able to improve to 4-0. Before the Mets won another series, their seventh in a row. The Yankees won another game, their ninth in a row. Finished the sweep in Kansas City, 6-4. Aaron Judge, a long home run in the first inning. The Royals led 4-1. The Yanks came back. Judge hit another homer in the ninth. He's hit seven homers in his last eight games. Yanks play tonight in Toronto. Top two teams in the AL East. Yankee manager Aaron Boone. Obviously, they're a really good team. Off to a good start as well. Um, you know, a, a team I'm sure we're going to have to battle with all year uh, if we want to get to where we want to go. So, uh, looking forward to going up there and, and playing against one of the game's best. The Yankees start the series game and a half ahead of the Blue Jays. Mets tonight take on the Atlanta Braves at City Field. The NBA playoffs to start around two. Two wins by the road teams. Milwaukee in Boston, 101 to 89. Giannis Antetokounmpo had a triple double. Golden State a 117-116 win in Memphis. The other two series start tonight. It's also the start of the Stanley Cup playoffs tonight with four games. Rangers and Pittsburgh Penguins begin their series tomorrow night at the Garden. The Rangers' top scorer, Artemi Panarin, injured at the end of the regular season. He's been cleared to play the series open. Golf in Mexico, win for John Rahm, his first since last year's U.S. Open. John Stash Hour, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? All right, John, thanks. 637 on Wall Street. Time to take a look at uh, some of the stocks moving in the pre-market. Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Kriti Gupta is here to help us kick off the trading month of May. And it's getting off to a very interesting start, Kriti, thanks to Warren Buffett. Thanks to Warren Buffett, the Berkshire bid is alive, or the Buffett bid, if that's what you want to call it. Two stocks moving in the pre-market that you really want to keep your eye on. I want to start with Activision here. ATVI is your ticker, up 3%. Now, over the weekend, uh, the Buffett uh, Berkshire Hathaway annual kind of shareholder meeting happened in Omaha, Nebraska, and he kind of talked about what his holdings were, what why he has them, what uh, his future kind of thoughts are on the overall economy. He actually said he's kind of bullish on the economy. He's bullish on stocks, but he also really dug in to Activision, ATVI uh, is your ticker, saying it's an arbitrage deal. Now, Nathan, you'll remember that Activision was bought up by Microsoft, or the deal at least was created to be to buy be bought by Microsoft. It really helps them align some of the Call of Duty, for example. Microsoft owns uh, Xbox, which is kind of the uh, the platform, for lack of a better term, whereas a Call of Duty is owned by Activision. Um, Activision also was undergoing uh, some some personal uh, kind of issues as well. Nevertheless, Warren Buffett says, well, first off, uh, we have to kind of build up their shares because there's an arbitrage deal here. Uh, Microsoft looking to buy Activision for $95 a share. Activision shares only trading at $77. So naturally, you have a little bit of the arbitrage play there. And when Warren Buffett pointed that out, Activision shares caught quite a boost. At least that's up 3.2% in pre-market trading. The other one he really mentioned was Chevron. Nathan, CVX is your ticker. Now, given that oil prices are down this morning, you are seeing Chevron uh, drop in tandem. But keep an eye on this one because, remember, Warren Buffett has already built up his Occidental shares. So Chevron, as kind of this play on energy, is pretty interesting. Any other interesting moves outside the Berkshire bid, Creedy? Let's stick with the commodity story, right? Because that was a big part of what uh, Warren Buffett was talking about when it comes to the oil space. But this is also a move that you're seeing outside of the oil space in copper, for example. Freeport and FCX is your ticker, down 2.3%. I mentioned oil prices were down. A lot of that has to do with the growth story. Well, that growth story is filtering into copper prices as well and therefore having a read-through into uh, one of the world's largest uh, copper producers, which, of 
course, is Freeport Macaran FCX, as I mentioned, Nathan, down 2.3%. And then I want to point out one more stock to put on your radar, EPAM Systems, EPAM, down 1.4%. This is despite getting a raised recommendation over at Piper Sandler to overweight, citing healthy demand for digital IT services. Now, remember, this is a company that has a huge amount of personnel in Ukraine and Russia, so that might be a reason it's lower Mm. on the day. All right, Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Kriti Gupta keeping an eye on all that's happening in the pre-market, looking at stocks as a whole ahead of the open for the month of May. Futures moving higher. S&P futures up almost 19 points. Dow futures up 159. NASDAQ futures are higher by 75 points. The 10-year Treasury is up 3.30 seconds. The yield, 2.92%. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather. Clouds this afternoon with highs in the upper 50s. We'll be in the mid-60s under a cloudy sky tomorrow. Showers return Wednesday with a high near 60. Right now, stormy and 53 degrees in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Futures rising this morning. We get to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. Here's Bill Maloney. Bill, good morning. And good morning, Karen. A modest bounce in the U.S. futures after Friday's plunge with Dow futures up 143 points. S&P's gained 16. NASDAQ futures are higher by 64. The U.S. 10-year yield at 2.92%. Gold is down 19. Oil is in the red. But Bitcoin is higher by 1.3%. Japan was little changed overnight while European markets are in the red this morning. And back in the U.S. on the economic front at 945 manufacturing PMI and at 10 o'clock construction spending and ISM manufacturing. In other news, Buffett boosted his stake in Chevron and wrapping things up, Weyerhaeuser was cut to market reform over at BMO. Comerica was raised to overweight over at Piper. Live from the first of breaking news desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen? All right, Bill, thank you. And to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg, type squawk on your terminal, S-Q-U-A-W-K. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. In Ukraine, the United Nations and Red Cross were able to successfully evacuate about 100 civilians from a besieged steel plant in Mariupol. However, many more remain there alongside Ukrainian fighters. Meanwhile, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and other lawmakers are continuing their overseas trip. After meeting with Ukrainian President Zelensky in Kiev yesterday, Pelosi and other U.S. lawmakers met with Polish President Duda, among other Polish officials in Warsaw today. In the NBA playoffs, the Celtics lost to the Bucks 101-89 in the opening game of their series. The Warriors beat the Grizzlies 117-116 in their game one. In baseball, the Yankees and Mets won. The Orioles beat the Red Sox 9-5. The Nationals beat the Giants 11-5. The A's lost. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. The following commentary is from Bloomberg Opinion. How often do we have to get COVID to stop getting COVID? I'm Justin Fox, a columnist for Bloomberg Opinion. The mucous membrane in the nose and throat has its own immune system of sorts, and the COVID-19 vaccines available so far don't target it. 
That's why they've had only limited success in preventing transmission of the disease, even as they've been great at keeping it from spreading to the lungs and causing severe illness. German virologist Christian Drosten predicted this. Now, he says that getting to an endemic COVID with only modest seasonal outbreaks is going to have to involve widespread mucosal immunity. Nasal spray vaccines currently under development might do the trick, but the likelier path will be most of us getting COVID again and again. How many times? In the range of a number that you can count on one hand, Drosten said last month. I'm Justin Fox. For more opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com slash opinion or OPIN Go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg Opinion. And Bloomberg Opinion commentaries can be heard every weekday at this time. And Terminal customers can read more at OPIN Go. It is 6.50 on Wall Street. Let's turn to news now in science and technology with the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology. NJIT is dedicated to bolstering support for female and minority students pursuing careers in high-paying STEM industries. Learn more at NJIT.edu. And now here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. Nearly two dozen senators are employing President Biden to swiftly advance a trade probe that they say was already causing massive disruption in the U.S. solar industry. The senators say the investigation into whether Chinese companies are circumventing decade-old tariffs by assembling solar cells and modules in Southeast Asia will, quote, severely harm American businesses and workers as long as it continues. Coronavirus lockdowns in China are taking a significant toll on the country's economy. Over the weekend, official data show that both manufacturing and services activity plunged in April to their worst levels in more than two years. Indexes for exports and imports also slumped. And Apple has been hit by a formal antitrust complaint from the European Union for restricting access to technology and services that allow users to make payments direct from their phones, their iPhones, that is. The European Commission says it sent a so-called statement of objections alleging how the tech giant abuses its dominance over mobile wallets on its device by its Apple Pay service. If confirmed, the company could face hefty fines under EU antitrust rules. And that's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Nathan. All right, Karen, thank you. We're live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, where it's almost 6.52 on Wall Street. Time now to check what's going on in D.C. Some of the top stories in our nation's capital include House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's unannounced trip to Kiev. Ukrainian Ambassador Oksana Markarova called the gesture a special delight. We have seen... Uh, how the U.S. has been leading the support. We have seen how all the democratic world united around Ukraine. Ambassador Markarova was on ABC's This Week. President Biden is pushing another $33 billion to aid Ukraine's war effort. Democrat Tim Kaine sits on the Senate Armed Services and Foreign Relations Committees. We need COVID aid. We need Ukraine aid. We should do them together or separately, but we shouldn't wait around. And I think that's what May needs to be about for us, is getting both of these done. Senator Kane was on CBS's Face the Nation. Also making news, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas preparing for a migrant surge as Title 42 authorities at the border expire in three weeks. Mayorkas tells Fox News Sunday they've been working on a plan since September. One of the pillars of that plan is to work with our partners to the south and uh, really ensure that they manage their respective borders. 
Fox News Sunday, Face the Nation, and This Week can be heard every Sunday right here on Bloomberg Radio. For more, we're joined live by Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins. Emily, good morning. Obviously, the big news over the weekend, House Speaker Pelosi leading that congressional delegation to Kiev. Uh, the the uh, Congress members have moved on to Poland, but this is another major symbolic gesture by the U.S. of support for Ukraine. Absolutely, Nathan. I mean, this is at this point the highest ranking U.S. official to visit Kiev to, to really walk the streets, to meet President uh, Vladimir Zelensky and to really come off with what they say uh, is meant to show how firmly the U.S. is standing with Ukraine at this point. Pelosi vowed to quickly pass that $33 billion uh, for Ukraine aid that President Biden requested. Now, the House isn't uh, in session this week. Members are back in their districts, but we know the Senate's in session and the Senate does have ways to start moving on legislation so it could potentially be ready when the House comes back. But there are a lot of questions right now about that aid, whether or not they're going to try and tie COVID funding to it, uh, whether or not that's going to wind up having some immigration policies attached to it. Um, this is the thing with these must-pass bills that have broad bipartisan support, Nathan. They, they tend to attract other stuff uh, because lawmakers know they're going to move. Will that other stuff potentially slow the works on Capitol Hill if it does, uh, if we do see some amendments that aren't directly related to Ukraine? It, it absolutely could. There's still a lot of controversy right now about uh, President Biden's plan to end that ban on the southern border that made it easier to, to turn migrants away under pandemic era policies. And that's something Republicans have really vowed to push for uh, with particular funding. However, we don't really know yet if Republicans would try that with the aid from Ukraine, just because there is so much support for President Zelensky and such a wide acceptance that he does continue to need funding for weapons, for humanitarian aid uh, to continue to sort of go at this war with Russia. You mentioned the expiration of the Title 42 authorities. Let's move on to that because uh, Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas uh, was asked about that repeatedly over the weekend. He says there's a six-point plan. What's the feeling on Capitol Hill about whether that six-point plan has been spelled out well enough or whether it's going to be enough for a potential migrant surge this spring? It doesn't seem at this point like all lawmakers are convinced, even all Democratic lawmakers are convinced that this plan is going to be enough. I mean, uh, Maricos has been on the Hill. He's been trying to talk with lawmakers about the plan. He hasn't been able to make all aspects of it public, he said, because he, there's concern that if they do, uh, that might sort of aid cartels and drug dealers who work across the border in terms of how they maneuver. So he doesn't want to be too transparent in public. But when you talk to members, even they continue to have some concerns. There are a number of Democrats that have asked that, you know, while this Title 42 is expected to be lifted on May 23rd, they've said, hold on. Can we delay that deadline for a little bit? We just need a better understanding and a more comprehensive plan about what's going to happen. And you even heard Mayor Koss say this past weekend that uh, the U.S. system could come under immense pressure if there's a surge of more than 18,000 migrants at the border of the day. That's what they're preparing for, but there's really no way for them to know at this point what kind of strained immigration system is going to be under. Now we're going to see a lot of this play out in just the next few weeks when those uh, Title 42 authorities are uh, scheduled, at least, 
to expire on May the 23rd. Emily Wilkins of Bloomberg Government, as always, thanks for keeping us up on top of what's happening in the nation's capital. You can read more about all these stories at Bloomberg.com or on the Bloomberg Terminal. And listen to Bloomberg Radio in Washington, Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. S&P futures are higher by 14 points right now. Dow futures up 136. NASDAQ futures are higher by 56 points. But the selling continues in Europe with Germany's DAX down 7 tenths percent. The CAC in Paris is lower by 1.4 percent. The FTSE in London is closed today for a bank holiday. Ten-year Treasury is up 5.30 seconds. The yield 2.91 percent. Yield on the two-year 2.70 NYMEX crude down 2.8%, down $2.95 at $101.74 a barrel. Bloomberg surveillance is straight ahead. For Karen Moscow, I'm Nathan Hager, and this is Bloomberg. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.